0: listening to Mental Selling, the sales performance podcast, a show from Integrity Solutions. This is a podcast for passionate leaders in sales and customer service, who are driven by purpose, not just a paycheck. People who want to create broader and deeper connections with customers and their teams by building trust and mastering the critical mental and emotional sides of sales. You're about to hear a conversation from sales leaders and industry experts about what it takes to translate sales knowledge into sales performance. How to change the sales conversation by putting the focus on building relationships and adding value, removing the blockers that keep salespeople from reaching their potential, creating an inspiring learning environment and coaching culture, and ultimately increasing sales achievement and improving customer loyalty. Ready to rise up to the top of your game? Let's get right into the show.
1: Hi everyone, welcome back to Mental Selling. This is your favorite sales podcast. Thanks for joining us again, or for the first time. I'm Will Milano with Integrity Solutions. Today we've got a great topic and probably one of the best people that can talk about the the topic. The discussion today is about what it's like today for women in sales and how do companies attract and keep more women in sales leadership roles? And what are some of the unique challenges and opportunities that women face today as salespeople? So that's our topic. And again, we're welcoming somebody that's probably more uniquely qualified than just about anybody I know for the discussion. And that is Lori Richardson. So Lori, thank you. And thanks for being here with us on Mental Selling today.
2: Oh, it's great to be here, Will. Thank you. So, I want to
1: give our audience a bit of background about you. Lori founded the organization Score More Sales in 2002. Uh, it was founded to help companies grow revenue through strategic sales efforts using her lessons from more than 20 years in B2B sales and sales leadership roles. Lori is also the president of Women Sales Pros. From her early beginnings, in SDR and BDR roles. She worked her way all the way up into sales leadership roles before starting her own firm. I've known Lori for several years now, and she is the definition of a true champion and role model for women in the field of sales. And again, that's our topic today. Lori is an author, a podcast host of her own, and a leading industry speaker. She also has a brand new book just coming out called She Sells, Grow the Number of Women in Sales and Sales Leadership. So Lori, let's uh, let's jump right in here. One of the things I know you do is you do a lot of work with organizations or with an organization called the Sales Education Foundation. Right, and their goal is to work with universities and help get more college students interested in sales as a career. So, what do you think new, from your experience in working with them, what do you think new college graduates want or or would need to make them consider as far as getting into sales?
2: Yeah, that's a great question and probably a multi-threaded answer, but yeah. I would say, you know, as an advisory board member of the Sales Education Foundation, first of all, the first thing I learned, people always say, well, there you can't get a degree in sales. Well, you can get a degree in sales. In fact, you can get a doctorate degree in sales now. And it, it's, people don't know that there are hundreds of, of programs, at least across the US, where you can study sales and you can. There are new tools and new ways of teaching. And it's been really incredible to watch it. I would say that students coming out of good sales programs at university level want, you know, they want very high a high level of interaction with the company that they go to work for. Most of the graduates do really, really well. And so, they need to be challenged. And they're using tools. A lot of the universities are using some of the technology tools that we're all talking about on LinkedIn. And they are ready to dive in and get going. So, I think having really good coaching and having people who can help guide them and teach them more is really what they're looking for.
1: That's really good. As, as a follow-up to that, do you think that there are still, especially among college students and, and, and people that will be graduating college soon, do you think there are misperceptions that they have about what the role of selling actually means?
2: The general... College graduate does, uh, but those that have been in sales programs don't because they've learned about it. There are some really incredible programs around the country. Certain certain schools have you know really well-designed and, and long-standing programs that have been going on. Um, but generally, I think it's just like anyone else. A lot, a lot of people don't really understand what sales is and that sales is a helping profession and that it's not the negative things that people have seen in the movies (laughs) it's funny how those perpetuate people still talk about used car salesmen i haven't seen anybody like that in years i don't know if you have but the last time we bought cars you know i had a very pleasant process
1: No, you're right. It's it's, but those those misnomers and um, sort of historic cliches can still remain in a lot of people's eyes. But like you said, maybe that's that's changing with younger generations as they get into the workforce. There,
2: I hope so. Perspective, yeah.
1: Let's pivot a little bit specifically again around your expertise of of helping women in the profession of sales. From your vantage point, are enough women getting into sales roles today, and and if not, what still needs to change to deal with that.
2: No, we lost so many women during the pandemic for one who mm-hmm. were primary caregivers and you know that that's all still being hashed out. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing LinkedIn or someone else come out with some new statistics about, you know, women in the workforce in general, but we don't have enough women and I in the last couple of weeks, I talked to two different people who were were involved with all male sales teams of, you know, 17 to 20 people in technology, SaaS. And mm-hmm. I just was amazed. I was really amazed that in 2022, that still happens. And in one case, uh, the person I was talking to who's male he was worried that if he invited a a woman that he knows who is a good sales leader, if he invited her to the opportunity that she might not like the atmosphere. And I thought, well, how else will anything change? I mean, so should we, we'll just keep it all dudes and, you know, and just so everyone will be comfortable. (laughs) I mean, it doesn't work that way. And he kind of caught himself as he was speaking And I think that he did encourage at least this woman that he knew to apply. And I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens, but yeah, those are the things that people still, you know, there's still women being paid less than men in some companies. There's still poor policies for maternity leave. And in some cases, not all, but they're also at the same time, there's some really good companies that have put policies in place with great leadership that care and that want women to know that that they are welcome and that they will be encouraged, and that there are policies in place that support them. So yes and no.
1: <laughs> yeah, like you said, there there are a lot of companies out there that are that are doing it right, but those those unconscious biases remain in, in a lot of places and they're, yeah. self, they're self-perpetuating, right? It we just grew sort up of, with
2: them. You know, it, we grew up with them. So how can you change everything you've come to believe, you know, that you've, you've grown up with real subtle things. For example, I'll say, you know, sometimes it seems like the advice is that women need to do this and women need to do this differently. For <laughs> example, we talk a lot about how women will say, I'm sorry. And there've been all sorts of conversations about that, and and you know we tell ourselves stop saying I'm sorry because if you bump into someone, you don't need to say I'm sorry. You can say excuse me. Right. You know there are a lot of different things. But what I noticed was that I broke myself with that habit because I grew up a real people pleaser, and I'd be the first one to apologize. But yeah. in business, it's different. It can't be handled the same. You know, you can't do the same thing in business because you're not treated seriously. So when I broke myself of that habit, it hit me not too long ago that I, I realized, you know, everybody else put up with it. None of the men said, oh, don't say that. You know, oh, you don't need to apologize. Everybody just accepted it. So it's it's not a one-way thing. Like, yeah. I have to fix myself and stop saying I'm sorry. Um, We all need to say, hey, nobody needs to apologize. You know, let's just move on. And that's the same with recognizing when a woman speaks in a meeting, recognizing her point, supporting her, and all those kinds of things. It's a two-way street.
1: So so this gets into something I was going to start asking you about in a few minutes, but let's let's jump into it, which is you're sort of alluding to, you know, the, the, again, we're talking about the biases that companies need to be aware of what, from your perspective, what are those things that companies need to be aware of when they're recruiting and, and interviewing so that they do end up with a more diverse pool of salespeople?
2: Well, my, my book uh, that I just wrote, it says attract, promote, and retain great women in B2B sales. So it happens at, at all levels. It happens at, bringing women in, identifying who to even talk to. And then the whole recruiting process and then the onboarding process and how we're retaining and promoting women. Every one of those areas, you know, I could talk all morning long if I don't think we have the time, but um, every one of those has 10 or 12 points where we need to be thinking about how we're doing things. I think the biggest point will is, to really sit back and actually get the input of other women in the company about what are we doing right and you know what could we do differently. Because even if you think you're doing all the right things, it, it you can get some great insight from people that have been through the process recently or people that didn't come on who ended up not taking the offer.
1: Right. By definition you know, an unconscious bias is unintentional, but it's it's there regardless. So that's, I think that's a great bit of advice, which is, you know, culturally, you know, when you look at your organization, talk to other women that are in the organization to understand their perspectives of, of what's working well and, and what, you know, should be adopted differently, that sort of thing. Yeah. So coming out of that, so the next natural question is to me is what do you think are, the attributes that make women so well-suited for sales, both from the standpoint of the, the candidate and for organizations that are trying to find the, you know, the best of the best for their sales roles.
2: Yeah. Women operate differently than men. I think we all know that deep down and women are filled with traits and skills that make us naturally good in many, many ways. The strong things that women bring to the table when they come to a sales organization is a high level of typically, and again, I don't want to generalize, but communication skills, listening skills. Women are naturally good listeners and we have empathy and so do men, uh, but we have it in spades. And so when you add a woman to a team that is all male like i was just referring to you'll actually grow revenues and there are a number of studies that are showing that now it's the same as if it was an all female team and you added men you know we we right. need a mix uh, we need both genders involved because that is what will make a stronger make for a stronger team higher revenues more profits and we want diverse opinions. We want diverse ideas. We don't want the same old people bringing in their friends and buddies and fraternity folks, and it, because it just it doesn't diversify things, it gives us all the same thing. So bringing yeah, like women said, in will do that.
1: There's a lot of data and studies out there about you know the, the diversity in sales leadership and and in organizations. Yeah. You're right that just show that those those companies they outperform. They do and. And yeah. I think, you know, something that we actually talked about this on a couple of other um, mental selling episodes is that, you know, your customers are checking you out, right? In advance. Yeah. And if you lack any sort of diversity, whether it's gender or culturally, you know, et cetera, um, they're noticing and it's going to cost you, right? It's going it's going to,
2: they gonna, may not even come to you. They may not even give you the option. Um, right. To do business with them. And I've seen it happen. And I've seen people be debriefed at the end as to why they didn't go with a company. And they said, you're the people that you brought to the table um, didn't represent who we are. And yeah. so we went with another company.
1: I think that happens more than companies realize. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You've had so much success in, in this industry in general. What do you think sets the best salespeople apart today when it comes to getting buyer's attention and, and building rapport early on? What, what are the sort of the best of the best look like from your standpoint?
2: Well, I think one of the most important components is that someone is coachable. We're talking about salespeople. Mm-hmm. Um, the most important thing is that they need to, have a strong desire and will to be successful and if you are coachable and you have desire for sales success and you have a commitment to sales success and you're motivated and you have a good outlook on life and on your role and you take responsibility those are the foundational elements for success you can always learn tactical skills Right. But the the will to sell is most important.
1: Oh, you're preaching to the choir there, right? <laughs> we, we've we've uh, banged that table for many years, Lori. And, yeah. uh, you know, when you talk about the coaching component, it, it, it's great because I think too often, you probably have seen this, too often companies mistake coaching for those sort of tactical <laughs> to-do lists, reviewing yeah. numbers sort of thing. And, and coaching really should be what you alluded to, which is around, motivation and developing autonomy and, and commitment and resilience. That, that's what coaching should really be about developing, right?
2: Yeah. You know, I had 23 sales managers in my sales career when I was a seller. Yeah. And and I always say that some were awesome and some were awful. Mm-hmm. And I learned to, to self-manage when I had the bad managers. But, you know, a manager should be there to teach me something. They they need to be supporting me, they need to be encouraging me. And I've seen cases where managers have written salespeople off, you know, they don't want to help them because of this or that. And it's it's very much like a sports team where the you know the coach is there to take everybody at the level they're at and move them up right. a, as they can. And so you're gonna get people at different levels. And it's a myth to think that if you hire an experienced salesperson, they don't need coaching because they do. Everybody needs coaching. That's on your sales team. Just like everybody on your sports team needs coaching as well.
1: Yeah. Like you said, everybody's at different levels and, and, you know, everybody can get to that sort of next level, but it requires coaching and, and meeting the the salesperson, male or female, where he or she is, right? And,
2: and yeah, and them. you bring yeah. you bring up a good point, Will, because in the case when we're talking about women, there are a lot of newer sales managers who are probably promoted because they were a top rep, let's face it. That's mm-hmm. the way things still go in sales. And they haven't been taught about, you know, diversity of thought and diversity of approach. And so as a woman, I might go, I might work on something in a different manner, but I get the same or better results. And so that's another thing that we need to make sure that our frontline managers are trained to understand that not everybody's going to do things the way you did it. And there's more than one right way to make things happen.
1: Right. You can't, you can't coach everybody in your own image.
2: Right. So that's hard. It's, you know, it it needs to be taught. People need to learn how to do, do those skills.
1: And so the the coaching aspect this alludes to the next thing I wanted to ask you about. And so the coaching aspect is a component of what we would call the you know the organizational or sales organization culture, right? It either right. exists or, or in many cases, unfortunately, it still doesn't exist. What sort of beyond the coaching aspect of it? What sort of company cultures are women sales candidates most drawn to, or conversely, you know, what are they? drawn away from.
2: Yeah, the the studies I've been a part of showed that women were very interested in knowing about the ethics of the company. What right. does a company stand for? And so where there's a physical space and someone's actually going in, you know, it needs to be up on the wall. Now I guess it needs to be in the Zoom window. And right. uh you know, people need to know this is what we stand for. This is who we are. This what we stand for. Women tend to be more interested in that than men do. And uh, women also want to know about the future. You know, where could I be in three years here? And what would happen in five years? What's the professional development plan? Is there any funding for me to take classes? Those are things that are very interesting to women more than men, but again, some men yeah. are very interested too.
1: Which, uh, with that whole development aspect, again, that's part of the organizational culture that either exists or doesn't exist. Is you know that that idea of do they do they value and prioritize the development of right. of their of their people, right? Yeah. Um, so th- this podcast is obviously about the mindset and attitudes and motivations around being a, a successful salesperson. Can you talk about what you see and what you have seen as the best ways for salespeople to maintain things like we were talking about previously, like their confidence and their motivation and their resilience? How, how do salespeople best deal with that themselves today?
2: I think because I had some poor managers, I learned to Motivate myself, and I learn to find ways to get inspired outside of myself. For example, I would have my own sales contest with myself. Uh (laughs) I know it sounds funny, but I still do it sometimes. If I if I see something I want that it's like I'm not going to buy that, I'll think, well, I'll have I'll have a sales contest and. If I hit my number, if I close the deal, or if I do whatever it is that, you know, I still have fun with that years later. And I think that you have to find what works for you. But if you're motivated, you know, financially, for example, if there's something you're working to pay off school loans or you're working to buy a first house or a second house, I mean, by all means keep track of it, make it visual, have it in front of you. And if you want to raise money for nonprofits, for charity that you're involved in, there's so many ways you can make it fun. And there's been a lot of gamification over the years. And and I'm all for that. I I don't want to just show up at work and just, you know, get on LinkedIn or pick up the phone. I need to have fun. And so I, I want to incorporate that into what I do. And there's no reason why you can't do that in a sales role. People will say, you know, it's very, you know, it's hard. It's a hard job. It's tough. Make it fun. You know, if if you're a professional, there are going to be highs and lows. And if you can make it fun today, then you're going to get through today and you're going to have a better day tomorrow. And so that's what I've used to, you know, I don't know if that's helpful or not, but that's worked for me.
1: Yeah, no, I I think it's great because, you know, what you're saying is that those motivators, you know, they they come in part from getting great coaching, but they have to come in part internally. They have to be self-motivated. You have to, you know, set your own goals, right? You're going to always have organizational goals, but as far as what's important to you, and then going back to the cultural issues that we were talking about, sort of the, are you dialed in and, and bought into the purpose and the ethics and values of the organization, those, those right. can and should be big motivating factors for somebody. Right. Yeah. Cause, Cause conversely they can be very demotivating and they end up with people leaving.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And in the, you know, the bulk of my selling career, I was a single parent So I was very motivated to be successful because I didn't really have an option. (laughs) I, you know, I needed to do that. And I was able, you know, I bought a house at 28 and I was, you know, single parent on my own at 19. So that's not bad, you know, within the first 10 years that, that we had a settled place to live and, you know, and it just got better from there.
1: As as salespeople do, from your perspective, do women need to prepare any differently, or or be aware of anything specific when it comes to interacting with with prospects and customers? I don't
2: think so. I mean, or
1: I shouldn't say do they need to, but is it you know do they do anything different that maybe other parts of the organization can learn from?
2: You know, we're, we tend to be relationship builders, so mm-hmm. I know a lot of women that are going to do more research. And that's a good thing for anybody. And if you're a man or a woman, you should be doing more research than you're probably doing on your prospects. I'm guilty of that too. In fact, I was just in my own professional development class that someone ran in our women's sales pros group, Colleen Stanley, who's amazing. And she was, you know, asking us questions about, do you know this about your prospect? Do you know that? Do you know this other thing? And we're, and I just thought, wow, you know, I've gotten sloppy and it's, it's good at any stage. You know, I'm always learning and I've been doing this a long time and, and you just cannot know enough about your buyer because I, I never lost a deal from knowing too much, right. but I've lost a number of deals when I didn't know enough.
1: Yeah. There's just, there's no excuse for not knowing all those things today, right? Because they're, they're at your fingertips. Yeah. And it's and it's also not only is the information at your fingertips, but it's what your buyers expect, right? They expect you to yeah. come into that first conversation knowing a lot. They don't they don't want to have to reiterate it for you.
2: Right.
1: So let's talk more about women in sales leadership roles. So if there's not enough women in sales, period, then there's not enough women in sales leadership roles, right?
2: That's correct.
1: So and there
2: you go, the thinner it gets. Right. So so where
1: can you talk about like a bit about where we are today and what you think the future of women in sales leadership is?
2: Yeah, we continue to work to hire more women and to uh, I consult with many companies on ways that they can find new sources for potential women on their teams. What's interesting is, like you said, that the higher you go, at VP sales and above, it's 12 to 15% of the VP sales are female, and that's very low. Um, yeah. That was the last time I saw a study done that was pre-pandemic. Could be worse, I'm not sure. But I also think that by... Making sales a little more, um, you know, more of a virtual world. I think that there are bigger opportunities for women leaders because in the past you had to be a road warrior, you had to be willing to travel five days a week if you were a sales right. uh, executive, sales leader, and you're off to one branch, then another location, another location, client meetings. And that just isn't the case right now. I'm not sure how that will change in the future, but I believe, you know, it will be blended. It will be a blended presence if if not remote. Some companies just went remote and that's that. So if if I'm in a remote business and I have a family, it's a lot easier for me to be a leader than if I have to go back on the road and travel. So I believe that it could be a game changer time For more women, if companies are motivated and inspired to do so, to promote women. Another one of the unconscious biases is that men were usually promoted based on potential and women were more promoted based on what they had accomplished. And so that's another thing that women just need to be given the opportunity and just see what happens. Just like we've done with men for years. Like, well, Will's never done that job, but he's, we're going to make him the leader. And we just haven't done that so much with the women on our teams, but I believe now is a really great opportunity to do that.
1: It's a great comment, great comments about, and specifically around, you know, the more virtual world that we're, that we're in today. And it really has decreased the necessity for that sort of road warrior type of travel right and that's that's yeah. um, that's probably an issue that can really help in this regard yeah do you think that male sales leaders should think or consider any differently when they're leading and coaching women on their teams is there sort of again other unconscious biases that they need to bring more to the forefront and try to break down or just sort of unique considerations that they should they should have when they're they're leading and coaching women?
2: Yeah, we, we all have unconscious bias no matter who we are and yeah. about many different things so I think if we just accept that and then if we're asking, if we're checking, you know, is this helpful, Will? You know, is this conversation? Uh-huh. Or are you gaining anything from it? Because if not, you know, we'll try a different way. That's going to be the best approach rather than, oh, you have to say these things to women and these things to men. It's not like sure. that. But I do believe that women would onward differently. And um, some of the early studies that I did with Dr. Joelle Laban showed that, that you know women had some different traits and skills that were showing up. And so we react and respond a little differently. But generally speaking, if we can focus on our buyer and and teach our sales reps what they need to know to help the buyer rather than product knowledge and product information that's going to be a really good start because as women and and as men you know we're we need to be in tune to what the buyer actually needs and then use our communication skills and listening skills to go from there
1: yeah the, the listening aspect it's it's <laughs> something that w- whether you're a salesperson with customers or you're a sales leader coaching your team, the listening aspect is really something that always needs to be brought more to the forefront. Right?
2: Yeah. It's funny then, because I don't think I'm a good listener all the time, but <laughs> so I don't, it's, it's not one of my strengths, but I, but I have to focus and really go, okay, will speaking. I really need to listen, but there are many times when I'll be like, what did you just say? I didn't even catch that. So that's why i try not to generalize because you know
1: so any I want to get uh as we wrap up any final thoughts or advice that you have again i know about the the book that you have coming out is there anything specifically thematically in the book that um uh, that you'd like to talk about
2: well i just I, i've simplified my messaging and my talk that i give now is called more women more sales and mm-hmm. it it may be a little simple, but the point is that women are still underrepresented at every level in sales, in business to business selling, in nearly every uh, niche and sector, not all, but nearly. And, And so until we have more women on our sales teams and we have cultures that are supportive sales cultures for anyone that comes into that team, I'm going to keep talking about it because it's not that I think women are better necessarily, but I would say that if they're as good, why aren't there more of them? So there's right. definitely an issue we need to deal with. And then at the leadership level, there's some phenomenal women leaders and, and we need more of them as well.
1: Yeah, the 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 underrepresentation, like you like you've been saying yeah. throughout, whether it's at the salesperson role or the sales leadership role, yeah. it's really it's really undeniable. And also undeniable are the benefits of getting more women in, into those those roles. So yeah, I agree completely
2: with you. And Stanley. we need more allies like you that want to talk about it. So thank you for yeah. without men talking about it, it's not going to change. Women can sit around and talk to each other all we want, but until the power structure changes mm-hmm. and the atmospheres change and the companies and the goals change, it won't change.
1: So I hope everyone here that's uh, that's listening to us has been able to take some new and good perspectives and insights away from today's discussion. I wanna thank you again, Lori, so much uh, again for being our guest today on, on Mental Selling. My pleasure. You can learn more about Lori's work on her website actually two websites, either scoremoresales.com or at womensalespros.com. You can follow Lori on Twitter. Her handle is at scoremoresales. And you can find and connect with Lori on LinkedIn, of course. Again, her new book is called She Sells, Grow the Number of Women in Sales and Sales Leadership. Until next time, hope everyone makes it a great day. Thanks again for joining us. Please leave us a review or a comment about the show. Tell a friend or five about us. And thank you everyone. And thank you again, Lori.
0: At Integrity Solutions, we believe you need a different approach to sales and service to succeed in tomorrow's world. We know that sales performance isn't just about what you know, it's about who you are. We are performance experts who enable sales teams to build trusted customer relationships with integrity at their core. For over 50 years, Integrity Solutions has specialized in award-winning, innovative sales, service, and coaching training solutions that fuel performance, grow talent, lift up customers, and elevate leaders. Our solutions connect knowledge, skills, and values to help our clients embrace their roles with a greater sense of purpose and outperform year after year. No one is better at unleashing the mental side of selling. Learn more about our unique approach and the clients and industries we proudly serve at integritysolutions.com. You've been listening to Mental Selling, an Integrity Solutions podcast. Stay in touch with us by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player and following us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Please give us a rating, leave a comment and share episodes you love. That helps us keep empowering sales and service leaders to master the mental side of selling. Until next time, let's go out and create amazing customer experiences.